It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Friday edition of Pushing the Limits is rolling along here. KSHB AM 1400, 107.1 FM. Streaming on the World Wide Web at the PTL Vegas YouTube page and beyond. Brian Shapiro, still a little bit under the weather. He's, he's strengthening up as the days go by. He'll be ready to roll on Friday. But what is that that I hear? How about let's go back to the 1970s? A group called KISS. Outstanding. In makeup and without makeup. Talking about my hometown, my home state, who's all fired up because the NFL season kicked off last night in Kansas City as the Super Bowl champions took on my Detroit Lions. Yes, sir, Numchuck and PTL Nation out there. Detroit Rock City is fired up. The Detroit Lions go on the road and get a victory to kick off the NFL season over the Chiefs. An exciting one, 21-20, the final there. It's one of the best teams in the NFL going up against an upstart. One of the teams expected to maybe throw a monkey wrench into all things NFL this season. And sports fans, of course, pumped up. It's the NFL season kicking off. And it was a solid matchup last night there. Arrowhead was riled up. One of the tough places in the NFL to play. And Detroit went in there and got a win. A lot of hype surrounding the Detroit Lions, teams like the New York Jets, and a couple others in the NFL. And look, we know the sports landscape of America, the NFL sits at the top of the totem pole, right? It is the sport that most of us talk about without question. And you've got the U.S. Open going on right now. And, of course, Brian Shapiro, big tennis guy, right? Big golf guy, big tennis guy. So we're going to focus on that. We have American Coco Golf. She's in the final coming up this weekend on Saturday. She'll take on Sabalenka in the final at 1 o'clock Pacific time. I think it's 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time there in Flushing Meadows, New York. So that's something that's going to be focused on this weekend. We're rolling into another weekend, folks. We're going into the weekend after the holiday weekend, right? And there's always stuff going on, especially here in Las Vegas, folks. So pretty pumped. And uh, Detroit Rock City, you can't go wrong, right? Honolulu Blue and Silver handled her business last night in Kansas City, baby. And look, there already was a ton of hype around the Detroit Lions this year. A lot more than a lot of us Detroit Lion fans are really down for. But now this is just going to only add to it. It's only going to add to it, Numchuck and PTL Nation out there, that they get a victory over the defending Stanley, or excuse me, Stanley Cup champions. That'd be the Vegas Bowl, right? The defending Super Bowl champions. Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs were missing two of their best players in Travis Kelsey. 
year, and they're all everything tight end, and and also Chris Jones as well. He's one of their their best defensive players. So there was that. So that's why, as a Lions fan, I'm kind of kind of want to not get too crazy about it. But this is a Detroit Lions franchise in the NFL, Numchuck, that has not had a playoff win since 1991. You and I were much, much, much younger then. Um, and so, yes, people are going to kind of blow it out of proportion in my home state of Michigan and back in Detroit. But still, big win for Detroit. The Lions to kick off the NFL season. The NFL schedule starts in earnest on Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders in action in Denver against the Denver Broncos. A lot of other much very highly anticipated matchups. You've got Cincinnati playing Cleveland. You have the Monday night matchup with one of the best teams in in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, taking on the New York Jets. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, longtime Green Bay Packer. And, of course, Paul McKeskey, who we had on the show yesterday, is a Green Bay Packer guy. And so there will be a lot of uh, both Packer fans and, of course, Jet fans you know, wired in for that tilt on Monday Night Football to see what Aaron Rodgers and company with New York can do against the Buffalo Bills. But football's back, folks. A lot of college football going on this weekend. I mentioned, of course, the U.S. Open going on right now. And uh, so for sports junkies like myself, Brian Shapiro, and others, it's, it's a super cool time of the year. Other than sports, obviously, we are in the next year and a half going to be engulfed in what's going to be one of the more fascinating kind of times from a politics perspective in the United States. We have all of the uh, firestorm that is everything surrounding January 6th that's going on and individuals facing the music in that regard, the latest domino to fall. Last night, of course, is Peter Navarro, a former Donald Trump advisor who is facing, uh, who was convicted of two charges of contempt of Congress. And it looks like uh, it's a very real possibility that he's going to get jail time for this. He has been, uh, he's someone who's, you know, been ultra defiant, someone who is one of those people who like, and a lot of you know who people like this are, who just want to just fire away against the establishment or against an entity or just just be flat out upset with everything, right? Peter Navarro is one of those guys like you, 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 you stand next to him and I say, hey, Peter, the sky is blue. And he looks up and says, no, the sky is orange and then tries to tell you why the sky is orange and doesn't really make any sense. He just wants to be combative to be combative. And that's what Peter Navarro is. So he obviously got in front of microphones yesterday. And this has kind of been his MO the entire way through because he's essentially being uh, lumped in and and, ta- and, and uh, been criticized because he's one of the one of these individuals who's part of the whole January 6th situation and also part, you know, part, a, a fake electorate scheme, basically, in Wisconsin. And essentially got in front of the microphones yesterday and was like, hey. I'll go to prison if I have to. I should, and and still, you know, to this day, doesn't think that he has uh, any. Reg- he has zero regard whatsoever for the select committee in Congress. Zero regard for rule of law. Zero regard for any of that. So 
that's the position he's taken. And now the uh, the chickens have come home to roost for Peter Navarro. And uh, we'll see exactly what it is, the punishment that he is, that is handed out to him in this case. But we're going to have a handful of uh, these types of scenarios presenting themselves in the next in the next year and a half and, and, and beyond, by the way, because of the uh, what, 19 defendants in the uh, Georgia case, other than the former president, Donald Trump, as well as the other cases that are involved in this, uh, not only in January 6th, obviously, but of course, the other cases involving, uh, you know, the Stormy Daniels stuff in New York and everything else. It's going to be uh, a combination and a whirlwind of legal proceedings, you know, trials. And of course, the back in the backdrop of the 2024 election cycle going into the election next year, it's, it's going to be wild, right? Um, and of course, yesterday I kind of elaborated a little bit on the overall landscape that is America and where we stand as far as Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and the way people kind of think about this whole thing. Today, I wanted to kind of jump in to analyzing both parties and the options and what they could what could actually transpire as we move forward here in the next 12 months plus leading up to the election and how things are shaking out. Obviously, we had the, the first Republican debate two weeks ago, and a lot of people have reflected on that and talked about it and have had opinions of of certain candidates, and that's also something I want to get into as well. In hour number two, Nicole Mitchell's going to join us. Um, life coach, model, and just overall inspiration to all of us, folks. This woman is a glass half full. She is a picture of positivity. And I've got some juicy topics I want to talk with her about. And so she's going to be on a regular segment on Fridays. Of course, every other Friday, Brian and company, and uh, sometimes myself, head out to Sapphire to the pool for a outstanding remote in an atmosphere that uh, a lot of us enjoy very much. And so when I knew that I was going to be having a conversation with Nicole, right, that I was going to have her on for the, for the Friday segment, I had, I had to go back, Numchuck. And PTL Nation, I had to go back and kind of do, you know, do some research because I'm a professional, Numchuck, and I want to make sure that I cross all my T's and dot all my I's when it comes to my guests. So I got a chance to kind of, you know, uh, take a look at Nicole's uh, impact and, and 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 actually and some response on the show. So I, I I found a juicy topic that we're going to dive into, and then kind of a, a couple other topics to expand on as well too. But uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to have her in our. Number two, here on PTL Las Vegas. The phone number is 702-221-7283. So let's dive into this, folks. Now, I knew I know a lot of people like to call into the show when Brian's hosting, and even when I'm co-hosting with Brian, or anybody else is on with Brian, and like to complain about certain things. You like to say, how come you're always bashing the Republicans, Brian? Chris and Brian, how come all you do is 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 complain and harp on Donald J. Trump and about you name the Republican 
or you name the political commentator, or you name the talking head on television or radio that is pro-Trump or pro-Republican? How come you're always complaining about those guys and you never complain about the Democrats? You never actually go on a diatribe about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or members of Congress or members of the Senate that are Democrats and all the things that they're doing wrong. All right, so to all of you people out there, first I'll give an explanation as to why that is done. And second, I'm actually going to talk about Democrats today. I'm going to talk about some of the challenges that Democrats face and some of the mistakes that Democrats have made. Of course, I'm also going to talk about some Republicans, too, because as I just pointed out, we saw the first Republican debate go down a couple of weeks ago, and there was a lot of people tossing out their opinions and takes regarding said debate and what exactly they predict for the 2024 nomination for the Republican Party as far as their nominee for president. And look, I get it. We're in America. And we're in a super hyper social media age where everybody that can get towards a microphone or get towards a cell phone wants to unload their opinion. And that's great. Sometimes it's great. A lot of times it's great. Not always great. But the point is, is that obviously myself, along with Brian, and all of you out there have had a chance to to have everybody chime in on the Republicans at the debate and what they feel is going to happen when it comes to the GOP and 2024. The reason why there's more talk about the Republicans in this situation, a couple of them are fairly obvious. Number one, the President of the United States is Joe Biden, right? Point number one, Joey B is the President. We're expecting him to be the president again if he's reelected, obviously. And Democrats right now don't have any, there's no indication whatsoever that anybody is primarying Joe Biden and anybody is going to, and, and, and Joe Biden is still alive. He does not have dementia like a lot of your Republicans and right-wingers want to chime about, you know, his dementia. Look, the guy's 80 years old. We get it. He has he has missteps. He has stumbles. He has situations in which he will uh, have, have situations that present themselves. All right. Not like Mitch McConnell where he has like freezing, you know, uh, you know, multiple, 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 multiple freezing episodes. You get my point. Right now, he's the guy. And right now, Kamala Harris is the vice president. Now, look, there was uh, a handful of days ago, this theory floated out on social media that, and look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some constitutional scholar. I have read the Constitution, though, as as all of you should out there, right? All t- You know, seven-plus articles, 27-plus amendments. Um, it's essentially a blueprint, right, of how we do things in America. That's my kind of overview description of the Constitution. Uh, it, a lot of Americans out there, you want to act like it's some document that is that should be cemented in stone. 
I would not happen to agree with that take. I think there absolutely, if there's things that we can tweak in the Constitution, we should be able to do it, and we should do it. But I digress. There was this theory float out, floated out there by some Democrats. Oh, how about this? How about if Kamala Harris, because Kamala is not necessarily hugely popular, even among Democrats, really, as the vice president. Um, if you listen to Republicans, she's been like the worst vice president in the history of vice presidents. And it's 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 she's just done an atrocious job right that if you listen to Republicans. Listen to Democrats, they're like, ah, not really huge honor, but whatever. And she does have her supporters. But there is this idea floated out there that that she would step down as the vice president. Again, don't get into the weeds, people, when it comes to the Constitution and whether or not this can be done. I'm just talking about a theory that was tossed out there by the every men and every women out there. It's not by people that are actual scholars of the Constitution. So stay with me. Kamala Harris steps down. Gavin Newsom. Uh, in some way, shape, or form, is put in as the vice president. And then, either before the election or after the election, if Joe Biden got elected, there, there was this idea that Joe Biden would step down. No, no real reason given why that would happen. But this was a theory floated out there that Joe Biden would step down and then, uh, obviously, Gavin Newsom, because he was the vice president, would be, would be effectively the president of the United States. And that's how Democrats would kind of get over. And, of course, as I'm describing this this theory right now, there's right-wingers and Republicans out there that are, your heads are exploding. I get that, right? Oh, my God, Gavin Newsom as President of the United States? Because I talked to a lot of Republicans, and they are all over this whole notion of how, how why, as a Democrat, would you want Gavin Newsom to be president? He, the guy's destroyed the state of California, blah, 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 right? Um, and by the way, if you have opinions on this, feel free to call here on PTL Las Vegas. We love opinions. We love you. I love to have some banter back and forth with you and chime in at 702-221-7283. And I'll be checking also the YouTube feed as well, too. Because I, during the show, even when I do the show with Brian, I tend to be the one that likes to jump on the YouTube feed and beyond. So, the, so, that, that, so that's kind of the idea that's been pushed out by Democrats. But that's really the only thing that's been mentioned as far as any... And, and I don't even want to say it's a serious thing because, it's not, because I, I believe there'd be all kinds of obstacles, both from... Not, not just obstacles from a logistical standpoint, obstacles from the Democratic Party and the DNC, right, as far as any kind of uh, plan like that in which that would take place. And by the way, the I, and I, I didn't mention Kamala Harris just wouldn't go away. The idea is that Kamala Harris would take Dianne Feinstein's seat in California, essentially go back to being a senator in California, right? And that, that's how that would shape out. The reality is this. The reality is Joe Biden, uh, uh, barring that he passes away or in the next uh, 16, 18 months, he has some types of medical episodes in which he is not able to perform his duties and be the president of the United States. He's going to be the Democratic nominee. He's the president of the United States. He's been president for two, two years plus. All right. Um, which is kind of hilarious if you think about it, 
I mean, the guy hasn't even been president yet for three years. And Republicans have all this ammunition against Joe as the president and, and, and want to make preposterous claims like he's, he's easily the worst president in the history of the Republic. And yet they uh, cite no actual reasons why they would, they would state that case. So, it, I mean, as of right now, right, Friday, September 8th, 2023, Joe Biden is going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party. There's no Marianne Williamson. There's no uh, other candidate that's out there that is a viable, that is a realistic choice for to fill that spot. So that's why, folks, we don't talk about, uh, we don't opine about all these options when it comes to Democrats in the 2024 election. It's just not something to talk about. We could talk about people that we think are going to be, you know, later on down the line, the next four to eight to 12 years. We can talk about that. And I've talked about this numerous times on this show and, and on social media where, I mean, I'm a big, a big Pete Buttigieg guy. Uh, save it with the gay jokes. But, you know, I think he, he checks all the boxes. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I, come on. I mean, it, there was, I, there's Republicans trying to tee it up right now if they're listening to this. And if they, if they listen, if they, if they happen to come across this on, on YouTube later on, they're going to, they're going to have the gay jokes flying. But the man, yes, he's young. He's inexperienced. Uh, he's been a mayor of a small city in America. You know, not exactly a, a ton of experience, but the hottest candidate who we're going to, I'm going to talk about in the next, uh, uh, either in the next segment or at the end of this segment, of course, on the Republican side happens to be right in the same camp. As Pete Buttigieg, but there there are other options. Uh, Shapiro, obviously in Pennsylvania, uh, another one, uh, no relation to Brian, that's been talked about on the Democratic side. And then, of course, you've got other names that are that are, you I would say bigger. Obviously, Michelle Obama's name's been tossed out as well too. But again, Michelle Obama's not running right now, so uh, I would be ecstatic if Michelle Obama. Uh, in 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 some way, shape, or form, in the next four or five months, started to form a legitimate campaign and had aspirations to be the next president of the United States. I think Democrats would all fall in line. It would be uh, over the moon if that was the case. But that's not really that's not the reality right now. So there just isn't as much to talk about, folks. When you when you toss out the Democratic storyline, that is twenty twenty four. Right now, it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as the vice president. Uh, again, there's no also no indication that Joe Biden is about to kick Kamala Harris to the curb as his vice president. So that moves us to the Republicans. And obviously, because of the debate two weeks ago, that, that kind of got the ball rolling on Republicans and what they are expecting from their party moving forward into next year. And yet you saw the handful of candidates that are going to look to challenge the former president, Donald Trump, for the nomination. Now, I got into it yesterday about the whole how this is all kind of crazy and wacky that you have a guy that's been indicted four times and has a possibility of being indicted a couple more times as well, too, by the way, faces all this legal jeopardy, was it twice and twice impeached, um, uh, 2020 election denier th- saying that it was rigged still to this day, even after it's been proven 
beyond a reasonable doubt in in the, in the uh, court of public opinion, especially that the 2020 election was as solid as any election in modern political history and that Joe Biden won the election to this day that that person still is in denial and thinks they won the election and thinks it was stolen. And yet that person is still the choice to be. We got into this and, and Brian's gotten into it a number of times on his show. We got into this. All right. He still thinks that he was robbed. He still thinks that he should be the president of the United States. And obviously he thinks he shouldn't have to run in 2024 because he thinks he should be a two-term president. Um, that, of course, is not the reality. The reality is he's actually running again, and he's the first president to to really to, to run again. He's the first, again, we're talking, I, we use the word unprecedented all the time. We use the word, uh, uh, you know, uh, Against the norm. I mean, there's all kinds of descriptions you can have for what we're going through right now when it comes to the Republican primary and the fact that Donald Trump happens to be leading by a, by a lot in this Republican primary. So you saw a handful of candidates on that stage. And it was, of course, an, an introduction of a of, uh, of one of them specifically. A couple of them are, are going to be non-factors whatsoever when you're talking about the governor of, of I believe of North Dakota who's it was who was so inconsequential I can't even think of his name right now I don't even remember the guy's name the guy that was on the end of the stage um you've got uh, a uh, uh Asa Hutchinson the former governor right of Arkansas also on the stage I think uh, I think he's actually a pretty nice guy I think he's pretty much a standard you know, go back to the 1980s Reagan Republican. But in today's day and age and political climate, he just does, he, he won't measure up. He won't make a dent. And he and he didn't make a dent in that in that uh, debate. And so, therefore, I don't think he's going to necessarily be someone that's going to that's going to be in the realm or in the race whatsoever as we roll into January. But there's a number of candidates that 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 peaked a ton of interest among, especially among your Republicans. And Republicans are the ones that are going to be deciding on this, right? It's not going to be Democrats. It's not going to be independents necessarily. It's going to be Republicans that are going to do it. So we'll take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to dive into that, and we're going to talk about the guy that was really the firebrand of that debate, and who has, and and has continued to be out and about in all types of media. And I'll give you my perspective on him and uh, what I think about his prospects. It's Pushing Lips coming your way live on a Friday. Brian Shapiro out, Chris Wynn in. The phone number is 702-221-7283. We love your comments. We love your takes. Please give us a call. Be respectful. Don't be dropping the profanity, folks. Stay away from it. But bring, come strong with your takes and much, much more. As we continue getting set for the weekend, folks, on KSHB AM 1400, 107. Point one FM and streaming on the World Wide Web at the PTL Vegas YouTube channel. Hey everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east 
of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Salone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The London Bridge Resort in Lake Havasu is the perfect place to vacation in style. Their beautifully designed suites include stunning views, a kitchenette, and free Wi-Fi. The well-reviewed and affordable resort has tons of amenities, including a breakfast buffet, kids' camp, a nine-hole golf course, three pools, a marina, boat tours, a water slide, and a great nightlife scene. London Bridge Resort is centrally located in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Go to LondonBridgeResort.com to plan your getaway today. London Bridge Resort, your Arizona oasis destination. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, Selling or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. 
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hungry for the best barbecue in Las Vegas? Come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewery, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Gray. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. Steiner's, the Nevada style pub, invites you to play the best tavern, keto, and video poker in Vegas. Promos are how we roll, so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's Pub has, it's the 24 awesome rotating draft beers. Vegas' is best appetizers to match. So join us in supporting your Las Vegas Aviators, Golden Knights, Lights, Aces, and the Raiders, as we make history in Vegas. Steiner's, the Nevada style pub at 8410 West Cheyenne, 1750 North Buffalo, and Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill. Steiners, I love this place. Pushing Limits coming your way live on a Friday from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Chris went in for Brian Shapiro. Shat back on Monday. Um, I'll be there for my regular appearance, I believe, unless uh, anything extraordinary happens, right? Uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness saves you time and money and avoids huge uh, emergency room bills. No insurance? $95 office visit, folks, except most insurance. Uh, everything from ultrasound, x-ray, EKG, labs, etc. Everything from also wellness exams, uh, pre-op clearances. If you have you know COPD or asthma or blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes issues, uh, these can be treated as far as chronic medical conditions. Um, walk-ins, absolutely welcome, welcome, folks. COVID-19 testing available now. Of course, we have the, the, the COVID situation kind of raising its ugly head as well, too. Back and again, southwest corner of Saharan Jones. Um, 6125 West Sahara Avenue, Las Vegas, Nevada, 702-248-0554 
is the phone number. Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness, the best you can get in the Valley. Again, Chris Wien in for Brian Shapiro, talking about kind of the uh, situation that's about to take place, folks, in the world of American politics and the 2024 election cycle. We had the debate two weeks ago. Some of the faces out there that are going to be vying for the GOP nomination on the Republican side of things are going to challenge the former president of the United States. Donald Trump still still comfortably in front right now, despite the fact that he is going to be have a extremely busy schedule when it comes to his legal situation across the board. It's rather unbelievable, and he's going to try to find a way to juggle all of these court dates along with campaign stops and campaigning for president and trying to make his case a lot going on with the former president, Donald J. Trump. And he's going to be doing a lot of media, I, I suspect. I mean, he's been doing a lot of media ever since he was bounced out of the White House on outlets. That's what we'll call them, outlets that happen to be right-wing outlets, uh, the likes of Newsmax and OAN and right-wing. I don't even know what the name of that station is that's on the web that that uh, that puts a lot of people without any type of credibility whatsoever on it. That being said, he's going to be out there, and the people that are going to be facing off against him in his party are the likes of Chris Christie, right? Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, of course, obviously, Ron DeSantis in Florida, look to be the primary candidates against him. We saw it in the debate. Everybody had their takes and their views as far as who, quote-unquote, won the debate. I think it was fairly clear to me who had the most beneficial debate, is the way I'll put it, and that was Nikki Haley. She seemed to be the most sane and the most logical out of all the candidates that were out there on the stage that are that have a chance to actually dethrone Donald Trump. You know, uh, other than Doug and, and, and Asa, who I already referred to, I don't think have much of a chance. But she made some points that I think could hit home with independents and maybe some Democrats, particularly on the issue of abortion, where she showed to have some type of uh, reasoning that I think Democrats and independents could get on board with. And I'm sure probably ruffle the feathers of a lot of Republicans out there that are steadfast in their view on an issue as polarizing as abortion is. But I thought she did get a little bit of foothold in that debate, without question. I thought, in my personal opinion, and this opinion is shared by, by some, hopefully many more, I thought that Chris Christie came off pretty well in the debate. Um, we understand Chris Christie has issues from an electability standpoint. That's been abundantly clear, given his history. And what happened in 2016 with him as a candidate and kind of the interaction, the interaction, interactional history that is he and Donald J. Trump. But again, he was one of those candidates up on that stage that pushed back on the idea that we should even be that we uh, the, the Republicans 
should be putting forth Donald Trump as a candidate in 2024. And he gave his reasons why. Another candidate that did that as well, too, was Mike Pence. Now, Mike Pence, from a personality standpoint, it's tough to get on board with, probably, for a lot of Republicans. Um, and also, for a lot of you MAGAs out there, you won't get on board with him because you still, to this day, to this day, you still think that he made some mistake on January 6th. You still think that he wronged you. You still think that he screwed over Donald Trump. You still think that he had something, he could have done something that he couldn't have done. So a lot of you Republicans aren't going to get on board with Pence. But there's a lot of the reasons why Pence is going, isn't going to be the nominee either. It's just because he is a lifeless kind of vanilla, non-inspiring individual who played second banana to Donald Trump during the Trump administration, and we all saw how that all played out in the four years between 2016 and 2020. He's not going to be the guy. But I will say this about Mike Pence. He is a guy who is actually a Republican. He actually is a conservative. I do believe that. Now, a lot of us Democrats and lefties would say he's a, he's a zealot, and he's uh, so steadfast on a lot of issues that you can't even, he's someone who can't even compromise in any, in any way, shape, or form at all. But at least he is who he is or as, who he perceives to be, which is not the case with the likes of Donald Trump and even some other people as well, too, and as well as the guy who I'm about to talk about. So let's go down the road. Vivek Ramaswamy, young guy. Successful in the private sector, without question. Well-educated. Very articulate. Um, is, is fast with quips and with words. Can be an engaging guy, in a way, without question. A guy that uh, tends very well to deal with uh, media and interviews pretty well with the eyeball test, right? He's good-looking guy, young guy. Like he's, you know, he's he can he can come strong with words. But the question with Vivek Ramaswamy, to me and to a lot of people out there, is he a man of substance? Because there's a lot of situations that he's gotten himself into in the media in the short time period that a lot of us have gotten to know, to know him as a candidate where we thought, you know what? He sounds great. And he, it, it seems like he's strong in his convictions and he actually does believe what he's saying, but he's basically a lunatic. And what he's saying is not something that is actually happening. Right. And, He'll say things that are just absolutely off the reservation. And things like he believes Donald J. Trump was the greatest president in the 21st century. Things like we can't have a climate in America where the justice system is prosecuting people for political reasons. 
He says things like, the United States can end the war between Russia and Ukraine. These are not things that are based in reality. These are not things that can actually happen. And you can make a clear distinction as to why they can't happen and why they aren't reality. But Vivek Ramaswamy makes it sound good, right? And he gets people fired up. And he does have a Trumpian quality to him. And what I mean by that is he's someone who is very boastful, right? At times comes off as pompous and arrogant, um, elitist, if you want to use that word too, right? Where he, he wants to, to be perceived as the smartest guy in the room, as if he has all the answers, as if he is the reason that is, is as if he's the guy that can fix everything. He uses a, a, uh, he tosses out comments like, I want to be the unifier. In the country. I want to be the great unifier. Yet he aligns himself with the the politician and former president who you can argue is uh, the person that is the worst person in the history of American politics when it comes to unifying the country. A former president, Donald Trump, who during four years of his presidency, as well as the three years after his presidency, up to three years after his presidency, essentially gave the middle finger to anybody that didn't vote for him, that has been uh, combative as all get out with anybody that did not that does not subscribe to all things Donald Trump, right? He is someone who is absolutely wants to fire away and blast away at anybody that doesn't agree with him or align with his viewpoints or his or his beliefs or his takes. That's just the way he is. And Vivek Ramaswamy has kind of aligned himself with that. The phone lines are 702-221-7283. We want to get your thoughts here. J.D. Uh, gives us a call. J.D., what's going on on your Friday, sir? How are you? Well, I enjoyed the game last night. I figured you did. and uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I have two points I want to uh, make. One was, uh, do you think they really needed to inject the controversy into that game by playing the Black National Anthem? Yeah, I did, uh, to be honest with you, I was actually working at my other job, so I did not see the National Anthem. Or I haven't, and to be honest, I haven't, even, even after the fact, right, after the game, J.D., I haven't ha- had, uh, I mean, I've consumed some media last night as I was prepping for the show, but I don't yeah, remember anybody a, even talking a, about the Black National Anthem uh, yeah, as, far as, qu- as far as them even playing it. Yeah. They had a choir group sing it, and uh, they got some booze. And I would assume that they're going to play it against all the other games, and it's just going to add another piece of uh, uh, controversy to uh, the NFL. I don't think we need it, but uh, I guess Goodell does. Anyhow, the other point, you were talking about Navarro, and uh, uh, I guess you were also talking about Bannon uh, for uh, – uh, 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 not uh, honoring the the uh, subpoena by the uh, January six people, right? J- oh, Peter Navarro, uh, basically. I didn't talk about Bannon. Yeah, Bannon is also in the same. He's in the same predicament, right? He 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 didn't do it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort of recall under the Fast and Furious, where Attorney General Holder, Obama's wingman, as he claimed, uh, was in contempt of Congress twice for lying. And Obama's DOJ now did not bring any contempt of Congress charges against him. 
So there's precedent. And I think there's a problem in the January 6th with Navarro and Bannon uh, not appearing. Supposedly, all of the testimony that those hearings conducted uh, with Liz Cheney and uh, Kinzinger and uh, uh, all the other Democrats is missing. So there's no evidence. Well, no, the, the purpose of the select committees, right, were to investigate January 6th and who they who was culpable in the in, in, in everything surrounding January 6th. Right. Whether it was election, whether it was uh, uh, whether it was fake electors. Right, J.D. There's a lot of aspects that that, that yeah, came into play. They're being charged so, for not appearing uh, for uh, for not. A, no, no, it's not. Being, they're not being charged. Peter Navarro was just convicted on two counts. OK, he is going to be sentenced in mid in, uh, January, January 11th. I believe it is. Numchuck, right. He's going to be sentenced to up to what, t- uh, 12 months. In pre- in federal prison, well, or he could get, or or he might not be sent. Yeah, he might not be sent. It's already it's already a done deal. It's already a done deal. He's been convicted, JD. This isn't. No this isn't. It's that's not how it works. It's not a trial. It was. It was. They've. Or it's already been. It's already been signed, sealed, and delivered. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's 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 oh. already done. I don't, you're you're, you're oh. talking about. So you're, you're you're a little bit behind on the on the steps when it comes to this. It's already uh, yes, a done no, deal. I didn't know, yes. I didn't know that. It's I already a done it, deal. I, no, he was indi- no, he was indicted on two charges of contempt of Congress back in what June, I believe it was. He was indicted back in June, and um, well, my, my, and the proceedings you know, have my, already I'm, they've already concluded. Look, JD, this isn't just. I'm just trying to point a fact to you. This isn't Chris Wynn's opinion or JD's opinion. The, the proceedings have already transpired. He's already been convicted, okay, of okay. two counts of contempt of Congress, and 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 it's my understanding. Look again, I'm not a legal expert, but it's my understanding that he's going to be who convicted him. They're, they're, the proceedings are already they've already transpired, JD. It's already taken place. But there, who, there was already who convicted him? Who did, the, who did this in the in the courts? All right, so I got to go back. So JD, look, we're getting the weeds here. He's already been convicted in, 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 I, I would expect a court of law. Okay. I'm not, I'm, again, this is, uh, you're springing this on me. So I'm looking, I'm, I'm going to try to look this up, but he's already been convicted, uh, in a court of law of two counts of contempt right. of Congress. He is getting, right. So, so the judge, wh- whatever the court was, I don't know exactly what the court was, but he was already convicted. It's already a done deal. So when you're, when, any, when you're never, saying that, I, there hasn't been a trial. Any. There has I've never been. Never seen any of it. There has I've been. Never seen it. Yeah, because it's Peter Navarro. Nobody cares. Nobody. I mean, it's Peter Navarro. He's one of the advisors to the former president. It hasn't been something that's he, been harped on. I know who he is. Yes, I know who he is. But when I say you're getting in the weeds, I'm saying that you're you're, you're kind of missing the point. It's already a done deal. It's, it's signed, sealed. Well, the, the horses. Uh, I, so JD, I, I, I'll I use a, I'll admit, use a term both of you and I can understand. The horse is already out of the barn. He's already I been to, convicted. I have to admit yeah. to my stupidity. Let me talk. It's not your stupidity. No, it's not your stupidity. No, JD, it's not your stupidity. It's not your stupidity. I'm responding. Hey, JD, JD, I hate to tell you this. I am actually hosting the show today, so I'm going to talk. Give me all right? a chance to talk. Oh, so, so go ahead. So you 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 were not aware that he's already been convicted of two I counts. Did. Yes, you weren't aware of that. I missed it. I didn't. I didn't. I I, I was assuming, and when you assume, you make an ass out of yourself that he was he was he was indicted and that he has to go to trial before punishment is going to be put on him. So I'm wrong if that if that, if that wasn't the case. Yes, you're not aware of the of the uh, procedure. Apparently, that has already taken yeah. place, in which there was a yeah. quote unquote. You want to call it yeah, a trial, because, I guess. Yeah, because, but because we didn't, we didn't do it. We didn't do it to Holder, so I'm not aware of it. 
Well, I know. And so, I, look, I get it. You're a Republican. You want to go back and you want to talk about how the Democrats didn't, didn't do this. And so, and, and by the way, you want to go back to like a decade plus. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, look, I get it. Here, let me, let me make a general statement and then I'll, and then I'll let you, uh, make your, your other point if you have another point. Okay. If there's Democrat, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, or an independent. If there is a body of the Justice Department, right? Or if there's a district attorney in the United States of America that has credible charges, JD, that you have committed a crime, right? And they have actual evidence to, in fact, charge you with that crime or indict you for that crime. And then you do go to trial or you do have legal proceedings in which you are convicted of said crime, then you should have to do the time and face the music. It's as simple as that. So I'm not going to sit here and be disingenuous with you and say, well, yeah, Democrats should be able to get away with whatever they want to get away with because they're Democrats and Republicans should all have their feet held to the fire in regardless of whether or not the charges are credible or not. That's not what I'm going to say because I'm not somebody who does not look at these things through through actual clear glasses and in a logical and reasonable way. Okay, JD, I'm not going to do that. So, I but I understand why you would bring that up because you're a Republican and you want and you want to talk about how the Democrats are biased towards Republicans or how our Democrats do things differently than Republicans and by differently you want to, you want to make it seem like it's some type of type of nefarious activity from the Justice Department. It just isn't that that just isn't what it's about. But did you have another point, J.D., or no? No. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you you wore me out, and I ran out of gas again. So maybe you better check what I asked you yesterday on the uh, on the gas price in Las Vegas for five seventy seven. Yeah, it was actually uh, so. My uh, friend of mine who uh, is ve- is very combative with me as well too when it comes to politics, J.D. And uh, J.D., have a great weekend. By the way, we got to get some couple other callers, and I uh, appreciate the phone call. So my friend Mark Nilsson did point out to me that, yes, there was a point in time, I believe a, a few years ago, in which the average in Nevada did get to 565, I believe. So I stand corrected because I did not remember that. Now, look, this is it could have been a short time period. I don't know exactly what the time period was. It could have been maybe over the uh, the course of a couple of weeks to a month in which that average was that high. But I, I honestly do not remember in which, and, and I pointed out yesterday the reason why. Because I, yes, when I go to the pump, just like every other Nevadan, just like every other American, when I go to the pump, it does irk me, right? When you see that you have to pay a lot to get gas. It makes me upset. But I get upset for about five seconds, and then I, then I actually snap back into more sense and reality and say, okay, I'm not going to sit here and blame Joe Biden. Because, the, you know, blame the President of the United States because gas prices are high. Because I do also reflect and say, hey, there is a global oil and gas business out there that comes into play when you talk about gas prices. 702-221-7283. So, J.D. chimes in and uh, gives us some uh, talking points to talk about. And that's good. And... At the top of this hour, I want to I want to finish off on the Vivek Ramaswamy stuff because that he's the guy that absolutely generated a ton of interest. So I want to cap that off, and then at one fifteen, Nicole Mitchell is going to join us, 
And we've got some great topics to bounce around with her as well, too, uh, for her regular Friday segment. It is Pushing Limits coming away live here on a Friday. Folks, Jackson's Bar and Grill, you need to stop by. It is the premier gaming bar in all of Las Vegas on the corner of Jones and Flamingo. When you want to talk about outstanding menu, uh, food specials across the board throughout the entire week, gaming specials throughout the board. You want to talk about free play. You want to talk about opportunities when it comes to when sporting events are going down. And uh, you got, especially when the Vegas Golden Knights season ramps up, you've got past the puck going on there. Plus a number of other gaming options when it comes to your favorite machines. They've got Kino across the board. They have video poker, video slots. Outstanding. They do a great job over at Jackson's Bar and Grill, corner of Jones and Flamingo, Las Vegas's premier gaming bar. I can't pump it up enough. Hour number two on the way. I'm going to cap things off on my discussion regarding the GOP debate and much, much more. We'll take some of your phone calls at 702-221-7283. As uh, one hour is down, another one to go. Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro, along with Justin Numchuck here live in studio. It's KSHP AM 1400, 107.1 FM, and streaming on the Worldwide app on the PTL Vegas YouTube channel. KSHP North Film Festival Radio, Saturday afternoons at 3 on KSHP North Las Vegas, AM and FM, K296HP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. Hey everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The world-famous radio Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. 
Now, I am raising a family here as well, so I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Pushing the Limits coming away live. It's Friday. Getting set for the weekend, folks. Chris Wynn is in for Brian Shapiro. Still feeling a little bit under the weather. You know, Shapiro's got a busy life, man. They got, he got run down a little bit. The immune system took a little bit of a hit on Wednesday, and it kind of all came to a head. So he needed a couple of days off. No worries, though. I'm Chris Wynn in for Brian today. You can find us all over the web on the YouTube page at, at, at uh, PTL Vegas. Also, find us here on KSHB, the airwaves in Las Vegas, AM 1400, 107.1 FM, on both ends of the dial. Been talking a lot about uh, American politics as a whole. We had the debate a couple of weeks back with the GOP candidates getting a chance to kind of uh, familiarize themselves with the American public. Some of them we had never really heard of before or actually 
seen on stage or been aware of from the perspective of uh, American politics as a whole, right? We just had, you didn't see them. And I touched on a number of them, of course, uh, and, and whether or not I think they have a possibility of being the, the GOP candidate. Look, we're still a long ways off, right, from Super Tuesday and getting into the meat that is the 2024 GOP nomination. But a lot of those candidates made their case in that debate, and they will continue to as we roll through the fall here into the winter and beyond. Of course, uh, talking about Chris Christie, talking about, of course, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's got a chance, all right? Um, It seems, as a Democrat, that'd be strange to say, right? Because a woman, especially a, a woman of color, right, in the Republican Party, you would think that would be the Democratic Party, given how much more receptive the Democratic Party is to minority candidates on a national level than the Republican Party is. But she stamped out her claim. She is someone who has uh, carved out a niche in that party. And again, like I said about Mike Pence being a real Republican, like I've said about Chris Christie being a real Republican, like I've said about pretty much everybody on that stage a couple of weeks ago, they are real Republicans. Nikki Haley is a real Republican. I think she's conservative. She's someone who has Republican ideology and values. I don't feel that way about Donald Trump. I've talked about that numerous times. I've said that. Donald Trump, yes, had an R next to his name, was president of the United States with, his, with an R next to his name. He's not a Republican. Never has been a Republican. In fact, if you want to call him political in any way, shape, or form, or, be, or you want to call his ideology anything at all, it would probably be on the left. And he's, been, and, and, and he's portrayed himself that way his entire life. And his entire public life going back to the 80s, when people actually started to find out who Donald Trump was. He's not a Republican, folks. Yes, Republicans were able to do things with him at the helm in between 2016 and 2020. We get that. Mitch McConnell, the powers that be in Washington, D.C., Republicans were able to implement things like the 2017 tax cut, like everything that transpired during his administration was done by Republicans. wasn't done by Democrats. But are you going to really sit back and, and try to tell me and try to tell Americans out there that Donald Trump's a Republican? Give me a break that he's a conservative. All that nonsense that went down with Trump and all the religious situations that presented themselves, i.e. holding the Bible up upside down, uh, him saying all these preposterous things about how uh, you know, he's asked the question, what's your favorite, the New Testament or the Old Testament? His answer is, I don't want to get, I don't want to talk about that. It's too personal. I mean, come on, man. You know, like it, it there was so much of a sham aspect to Donald Trump on a, a number of different things that it was laughable at times. It was flat out laughable. And a lot of you people out there believed it. A lot of you still believe it to this day. That Donald Trump's some conservative, that he's that he's that he's an actual Republican, that he that he represents you. A lot of, a lot of uh, you people out there, I use that phrase a lot because it, it's 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 I use it for a purpose because I mean it. A lot of you people out there think that he stands for the for the little man or for the the average Joe, the average Jane. He doesn't. All right, he's been an elitist, uh, kind of pompous a hole his entire life. All he cares about is money. And himself. And that's kind of the way he's been, right? 
The phone lines are 702-221-7283. And Vivek Ramaswamy is kind of walking in those footsteps, the Donald Trump footsteps, right? I, I talked about this with Brian on Monday on the show. I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy is running to be president of the United States. First of all, he doesn't really have a real chance even to get the nomination in the Republican Party. But second of all, I think he's he talked about this. He was caught on camera talking about how he's using the Republican Party. He's using the GOP to further his interests. He didn't use those words further his own interests, but we get the point. He's someone who's trying to uh, elevate his his image and his profile by running for president. And and the end goal for him is not to end up in the Oval Office. 702-221-7283 is the phone number. Edward joins us on the phone lines. Edward, we appreciate the phone call. How are you, my friend? Hey, happy Friday, by the way. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I would, I do want to say I do agree with you, though. I think most of us are a-holes, and most of us care about money. So that's okay. Well, I was just talking. No, no. But, Edward, seriously, I'm talking about Donald Trump. Yeah, I, look, I have, a, I have a viewpoint on Donald. I, I got to be honest, Edward. I enjoy, yeah, well, I thought he was entertaining as a TV personality, right? As someone watching on TV sure. with The Apprentice. I thought he was entertaining. Yeah. It was it, the, the only time I started having a problem with Donald Trump is when he starts to run for public office, right? You start to run in, you start to go into the politics realm and you have the mentality and the attitude that Donald Trump has. It's, yeah. it, it, it just seems it, it was oil and water, right? And no, so no, we don't need to get into all the reasons why I think that because there's they're clearly no. evident out there. They're, they are as as uh, uh, as clear as the eye can see out there as to as no. what I'm talking about. But uh, that's just the way I feel. And so, what do you think? I mean, do you think Vivek Ramaswamy is kind of going down the same road? He's kind of going down the same road. It's like you know, I was a su- successful guy in the private sector. So mm-hmm. hey, I've got all the answers when it comes to politics. Yeah. What what happened? In, what's happening, Chris? is the fact that, like, the fact you mentioned Donald Trump a lot, you're Mm -hmm. giving him free publicity. And this is what happened in these elections. People gave Donald Trump a lot of free publicity. They talked about him. People would pay millions of dollars to get that, but he had a bunch of haters that ran their mouths and talked about him constantly. So when you and other people talk about him, good or bad, he still gets free press out of it, where people pay multi-millions of dollars for that. As long as you're talking about him, you're keeping him alive, in a way. Well, here's the thing on that, though. So let me respond to that, though. So you call it free publicity. I would say I would kind of frame it in a little bit different way. He's somebody who was a celebrity previously, right? Like we all knew who Donald Trump was. He's kind of I got to be honest. He he was kind of an American icon, but not necessarily in a great way. Like he's an icon in that he was a celebrity, right? He's kind of a symbol of of being rich. Like he, he's someone who was who a lot of like for example a lot of example right rap artists and people use him in their songs right because because you think of the image that is Donald Trump back in the eighties and nineties and beyond you think of oh rich guy in America who made it right yeah rich guy who's killing it that's that's kind of the image so so when when it comes to he was already going to get a lot of pub right and a lot of press going into two thousand fifteen he was already going to get it because he's Donald Trump he's a celebrity you know. So yeah. to your point, though, that I'm someone who uh, is is giving him more. I mean, uh, look, I, I mean, I'd, I'd calm down on that. I mean, we're a local radio yeah. show. Um, Thank you. So, yeah. And by the way, he, again, again, Edward, he's running yeah. for he is the leading candidate on the Republican side mm. in 2024. So it, it's, it's the same thing I say to all these people that chime in and say, why do you talk about Donald Trump all the time? Well, because 
He's the guy right now in the Republican Party. That's why we talk Here. about him. Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think we all kind of want the same thing. And I'm just going to take a shot at it. And we all want lower gas prices. We want better health care. We want to be taken care of in a way. And the fact, like, like I believe the retirement just went up, right? From, uh, it was, I believe retirement was at 65. Now it's gone up to 67, I believe, or something like that, mm-hmm. where people have to work longer and further throughout their lives. I mean, what else can we do? I, I I just want low gas. I want lower gas prices. I, I just want the world to be a better place. And, you know, I, well, I absolutely. Think Edward, Edward, Edward absolutely. That's a hundred percent correct. But you know, I, yeah. you know, you know what though? Also, I, Democrats mm-hmm. and independents want that too. Like the, this idea is the same thing that happened during COVID-19, right? People that wanted to make oh, COVID-19 yeah, political, yeah. they want to act like mm-hmm. Democrats were on board with all these shutdowns, like Democrats wanted to ruin the economy, mm-hmm. and Republicans were the ones that were, were the voice of reason. We're the ones that want to open everything up. We were the ones that, that, uh, that mm-hmm. are, that, that don't want to destroy America. But the Democrats, it's mm-hmm. all it's all ludicrous, right? And hey, Edward, appreciate no, the phone call. Hey, not. Edward, I appreciate the phone call. We're up against it. We have our guest, Nicole Mitchell, coming on pretty soon. But uh, have a great weekend, sir. Have a great weekend. Like look, it. look. Thank uh, you, sir. Have a great weekend. Hey, look, it, this idea that Republicans are the only ones, that, you, that you're the only noble ones in America that want good things for America is beyond ridiculous, all right? That's not the way it is. Democrats, like myself, also want America to thrive. We also were not happy and were, uh, and, and were susceptible to depression during COVID-19 because we were locked away in our houses. You want to, people that know me, Chris Wynn, people that know Brian Shapiro or Justin Chuck. Yeah. I, we didn't want to be locked away in our homes for, for, for months on end. I, I'm the last person that wanted that type of, I'm a person that's out and about in the community in Las Vegas. I'm an, I'm an everyman. I'm the guy that's out in the watering holes and out in the restaurants and out in the, uh, at social events all week and all weekend long. So this idea that, uh, you know, th- that Democrats were looking to just destroy America and we're looking for reasons what to have lockdowns or looking for reasons to have the economy tank or looking for reasons particularly locally here, where the Las Vegas Strip was going to be shut down, and that's what we wanted. It's all not true. It's all a bunch of BS. It is. It's all a bunch of BS. Uh, the, the, I am someone who thinks about what happened during the pandemic, and I think about it like this. A lot of the lockdowns and school closures and things that took place that were unprecedented, right? That hadn't happened in, you know, 100 years. Or it didn't even happen back during uh, 1918, right? I want to believe that they were done for the right reasons. They were done for the benefit of mankind. They were done because it was a consensus of Americans who know about these things, i.e. public health experts, Scientists, doctors, in cohesion with pub- with public officials and elected officials, yes, politicians, and that the decisions were made, and that's why they were made. They were not made because somebody is a Democrat and felt they were furthering Democratic principles. They were not made because Republicans made the decisions and were furthering Republican ideology or beliefs, or viewpoints. It was done for the greater good 
of us out there. That's what I want to believe. Some may take shots at me, try to say, oh, yeah, you're just being pie in the sky, Chris. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's exactly the way I felt. And that's back during the pandemic when all of us were going through it, by the way. That's another thing, too, is that Republic, a lot of Republicans and people that want to bitch and moan about everything that happened during COVID, they want to act like they're the only ones that were affected. Uh, you know, me and my family were affected. Or they bring up their anecdotal stories about how, uh, you know, certain aspects of their lives were just flat out horrible. When the fact of the matter is this, the facts are this, over a million people died in the United States, millions across the world died, and so we don't have some of our aunts, uncles, grandparents, grand, grand, uh, uh, parents out there, friends, are no longer with us because we had a horrible pandemic that was not the fault of any Americans, uh, least of all Dr. Fauci, it wasn't his fault either, that was the fault of, uh, of, of a situation in, in China whether it be a lab leak, whether it be a wet market, whatever, whatever it is. You know, the whole thing's cloudy, but, but everybody wants to chime in on it. I want to believe it was done for the greater good. And, and that's, that's, that's my, that's my, my uh, take, and I'm sticking to it. It's Pushing the Limits coming here live on a Friday. Chris went in for Brian Shapiro, Justin Chuck here, making us sound good and look good. And joining us now is a picture of inspiration, folks. She is a life coach. She is a model. She is all around glass half full type of person who I am very fortunate now to finally get a chance to meet. Nicole Mitchell joining us now here on Pushing Limits. Nicole, we appreciate you spending some time. How are you yeah. on this Friday? <laughs> I am so happy to be here. Chris, it's so great to meet you face to face. We've texted a little bit. Yes. Um, and I'm definitely glass half full kind of person. I'm so happy to bring that to your guys' show. Thanks yeah. for having me. So we just got out of a holiday weekend, right? We're getting set to go into yet another weekend. And this is, I, Nicole, I got to be, I'm kind of biased here. This is kind of my favorite time of the year because not only am I a big sports guy, but this is the the the, the time of year where you got the transition from summer to fall, but summer's not over yet. You know what I mean? From like a, from like a weather standpoint. So we can still be out and about. You still can kind of partake in some of the things you did during the summer. And, uh, and it kind of leads into fall. And, uh, it's just my, my favorite time period of, uh, of the year, uh, uh that, that we have right about now. That's amazing. I love it too. I'm a summer babe. Like give mm -hmm. me all the sun, all the warmth. But as we transition to fall, like it's such a beautiful time of the year, especially for you guys in Vegas. Like I do not know how you survive the summer heat. So I'm <laughs> sure fall feels so much better. Yeah. So I have the best, I have the best of a lot of worlds, Nicole, because uh, I'm someone who I uh, give you a little background on me. I grew up in the Midwest, right? I grew up in Michigan and then I went to college in Massachusetts and uh, lived in the Northeast for uh, five or six years. Then I moved down to Florida for the better part of a decade where I worked in the service industry as well as in the media a little bit down there. And then I got into the media hardcore as I moved out to Las Vegas. And now, now I'm a native Las Vegas guy who's been out here for, for two decades since 2003 wow. and, uh, had a chance to also work in the service industry out here as well as, as, uh, also been, uh, uh, had a solid foot in the, in the sports media here in Vegas for the past uh, 14 years plus. So, uh, but when I say I've had the the best of a lot of worlds when it comes to not just uh uh not just climate, but just uh kind of just the way things are right in America, it's uh, it's been a it's been a great run for me in the past uh you know uh thirty plus years as far as that goes. 
I love that. Do you see yourself staying in Vegas? I think so. I think so right now. That is that is a possibility. Now, look, I uh, just entered into my fifth decade, right? So um, uh, it, it prospects as far as... Uh, as far as what I'm going going into, as far as the the next phase of my life is the way I'll put it, right, Nicole? When uh, I love uh, it. when you when you make that move toward when you start getting those AARP letters in the mail, Nicole, and you start to uh, kind of reflect on what your what uh, the next chapter of your life is going to be, I think that uh, there's a real solid chance it could be here in Las Vegas. But uh, the first topic I wanted to bounce off of you, and we've got some juicy ones, Nicole, is it, it kind of goes down this road. So you're someone who has a life coach. You, you know, you, you're someone who has made a transition, right? Especially from, the, from the, the part of you. See, Nicole, I, I'm a semi-professional. So I, when I knew that I was going to have this conversation with you, I had to go, I had to go back and I'd do a little, little, uh, little show prep, little research and, and everything that is Nicole Mitchell, right? And, and kind of your story. And so you're someone who's made a transition, right? From, from one, not just way of life, but obviously different occupations, different kind of direction in your life. And so, uh, as a woman, I can imagine that, uh, that, that's something that, uh, of course is, is going to be, uh, uh, pretty seismic, right? I mean, it's something that is going to, given, given where you, you, you started from and, uh, and the background that you came from and then now, now, uh, going into the realm that is Nicole Mitchell now in 2023, I, I, I can imagine that that's, that's a pretty, pretty different kind of, life situation that you are engulfed in right now uh, as a person. Yeah, I was just telling, I was on the live stream just before this with my OnlyFans subscribers, with my VIPs, and I tell them how that journey, that transition from the religious community into the adult industry, Mm -hmm. from being married to getting divorced, from being dependent on a man's income to producing my own income for my three children and I in California, like I lost everyone. I lost my family. I lost my three best friends. And it was... It was a very rough emotional journey, but for me, my happiness, my peace, my truth was worth it. And now I'm reaping the benefits. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful home. I have an incredible career. I meet the most incredible people. I'm here with you on this show, Chris. Like my life is so meaningful and beautiful, but it required me to take charge of it and decide for myself what I wanted and not what others wanted for me. That's so great to hear, Nicole. And look, uh, the reason why I wanted to dive into this topic is because I was floating around social media the other day, Nicole, mm-hmm. and I understand that in the United States we have a you know a particular society in which we have kind of expectations of people, right? Whether and especially when it comes to gender, right? When it comes to American men in this country, there's an expectation, right, that you're going to be the breadwinner, that you that you, that you should strive for success, whatever you would define as success, right? There's an uh, there's kind of a a progression. Throughout life in which, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of, uh, uh, there's kind of the, the norm, I guess, is, 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 is something that's tossed out there. And it's the same with women, right? And there's, there's, there's certain viewpoints that, that we have when it comes to women and their role in American society. Now we understand that around the world, societies are completely different, right? And, and, and I'll use the word unfortunately, unfortunately in a lot of societies, Around the world, there is not any type of even keel whatsoever when it comes to both genders, whether it's male and female, and uh, their roles in those societies. So I was bouncing around social media a couple of days ago, Nicole, and I came across this clip. Now, I don't know if you're aware of the Young Turks. They are a uh, 
basically a like a kind of a left wing democratic progressive YouTube channel. They champion a lot of things, all things you know, democratic and and uh, uh, they do take a lot of uh, a lot of uh, shots at Republicans and conservatives and stuff like that. But they they came across this clip in which this this woman, this young young woman, I'll call her young woman because she's young to me. I'm you know, uh, I was born in 1970, but she's but she's a 29 year old woman by the name of Julia. And Numchuck and I have the clip, and she's talking about her own personal situation, her life situation, as she starts to creep towards 30 years old. And I want to have you listen to this, and 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 I'm, I'm going to kind of opine on this and chime in, because there was a reaction to this reaction, both from the Young Turks, as well as someone who is a conservative talking head on social media and uh and uh, and uh, and uh, beyond, that uh, had a very uh, a crit- a critical approach to what she had to say. So this was uh, Julia talking about uh, her life situation right now. It's 10.45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single, and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought, I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night, and I didn't get home until 1 a.m., and I danced and drank my little heart out, and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. Now, if... So this is Julia, right? Twenty, uh, not yet thirty-year-old American woman, uh, talking about a, a situation regarding, you know, a concert and kind of uh, where she is at in her life, right, Nicole? And obviously, when you watch a clip like that, they're they're probably they're you would expect it generates some reaction across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, their reaction is going to be based on their political ideology, how they're brought up, what type of person they feel they are, as if they feel like they're a liberal or a conservative, Republican or Democrat, independent, whatever, or you're not. And, and a lot of people in America, I would expect they hear that clip doesn't mean a whole lot, right? They're like, oh, okay, she's talking about, you know, how, you know, easygoing her life is, how she doesn't have a ton of responsibility. It is what it is, whatever. Don't really make much of it. Then there's people like me, and 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 I'm not going to speak for you. I want to have your your opinion on what you what you what you think when you hear this. When I hear that, I'm like, good for you. You know, you're doing what makes you happy. You're at a point in your life where you're not you're you're uh, you're kicking to the curb any of those expectations that some Americans would have where, you know, yeah, you got to be married by the time you're 22 years old and you got to have, you know, you have to start having kids when you're 23, 24, and you should be at a certain point in your professional life at that age at 29. And you should have, you should have more structure in your life or, or this and that. And I would say I would, I would, I would be, I'm a person because I'm kind of like Brian in this aspect where I kind of mock that. And I kind of, uh, I try to, uh, and at, at times I can be combative and, and I want to, and I want to, uh, to push back against that kind of, that kind of perspective. And then, Nicole, there's people like Matt Walsh. I don't know if you know who Matt Walsh is. He's a conservative talking head on, uh, a number of platforms, YouTube, TikTok, across the board, uh, Instagram, wh- wherever he can, he can get his voice out. He is someone who's, I would describe as conservative, but I also describe him as a super hyper judgmental kind of bigoted guy. His opinions with respect to the LGBTQ community, as well as, or particularly transgenders, I think are abhorrent. And I think I, I 
would be uh, highly critical of. Let's put it that way. I'm kind of being kind of, you know, uh, diplomatic here, Nicole, but but I think you understand my point. He's someone yes, who who, fe- who he is someone who is along the lines of, I think women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. You know, let's go back to the 1940s, 1950s with our American cultural viewpoints when it comes to the roles of the husband and wife in in, in, in the homestead. You get what I'm saying, Nicole? That's kind of yeah. what he, that's kind of the, the vibe that you'll get from a Matt Walsh. And he absolutely goes down this road when he becomes super critical of this 29-year-old woman who's just speaking her truth and talking about her lifestyle. And he starts talking and talking about what uh, she, you know, about how she's uh, so selfish and, and starts to bring up how she's unintelligent. Unintelligent was not the phrase he used, but starts being just highly critical mm-hmm. of this woman. First off, what are your reactions when you hear that comment by, by that, that young woman, Julia? Yeah, when I heard that earlier, I was like, good on you, girlfriend, like soak it in, enjoy it. Like, and something I loved about that video is when she talked about like, I'm 29, I don't have kids later in the video. She says, I don't have kids yet. So there's even a possible desire. She might want them. And she's hyper aware of like, enjoy this while I have it. Because anyone who's a parent, unless you're lying to yourself, knows how much work children are, knows like the lack of sleep you get and the responsibilities you have. And you're not always able to go to concerts till 1am and you're not always able to sleep until 10, 15. Like, if you're in that season, enjoy it. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? Is is happiness and people being comfortable in their own skin as far as yeah. what they feel their their path is in life, right? Your path is different than hers. You're you're some you're a woman who's a mother, right? Of of three of three beautiful children, and like and and again, as I pointed out, and as you pointed out, uh, you're someone who's made a transition from from one way of life essentially into another, and we can get into this, but like. Uh, it's 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 absolutely how she how how she makes herself happy is is conducting the life her life in the way that she conducts it, and so yeah. that's why I find it so problematic, Nicole. I just have such a beef with people like Matt Walsh who want to paint a picture or or paint people into a corner in which they would not necessarily be happy in that situation. Matt, look, I get it. There's a lot of women out there that want to be that that have a Kind of viewpoint, right, Nicole? Of this is what my life wants to be. I, just, I saw it when you know when I was younger, when I was in my in a late teens, early twenties, and and women that I that that uh, that I was either friends with or that I was dating, right, where they had, I've got a plan, right? Bang, 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 bang. A, B, C, D. I want to do it this way, and if I don't, I'm going to have some kind of negative viewpoint on myself, right? I'm going to have some type of self loathing almost that I did, well, was not able to accomplish that. That's just not the way it is, right? When you t- when you take a look at it, particularly American society and American women when it comes to 2023. Did you know the happiest segment in the American population are single, childless women? And so yes. even though we have research and data that backs us up, we get commenters and haters who say, women don't know what they want. Women don't know what makes them happy. Even when I made this massive change in my life and career, I got so many messages from people saying, you don't know what you want. Let me tell you what you should want. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you what's going to bring you happiness. You're ruining your family. And here we are four years in, 
I'm able to provide the most I've ever been able to provide for my children. We're in this gorgeous home. They've gone to a private school for four years. We have, I have all this ample time with them because of the success I've built. We have open and honest conversations. They've seen their mom go from struggling to happy, from poor to wealthy. And like, that is one of the best gifts I can give to them. And so to try to tell me or any other woman or any human fact, this is what will make you happy. Let me tell you, it's just ignorant and frankly, inaccurate and unethical. And so like you said earlier, the only person who knows what's happy for you, what's going to fulfill you, what's going to bring you joy in life is you. And I will say this, Chris, mm-hmm. I have three children yeah. and I was taught I was supposed to have children. Right. I sometimes think about what would my life had looked like had I not been indoctrinated from birth that I must marry a man and have his children. I fulfilled that script until my 30s. And then I had this realization like, This isn't the life I chose for myself. This is a life I was told to have. And when I reflected on and reevaluated, what does Nicole want? That's where this massive change happened. And I think we're so afraid of women knowing what they want, letting themselves have it, becoming successful and powerful because we will then influence society. We'll change how things are. And if you can convince a woman to be what you need her to be, to play smaller than she is, to be miserable rather than happy, you control a large segment of the population. Nicole Mitchell joining us here on PTL Vegas. Brian Shapiro out today. Chris Wynn in. We're having a fascinating discussion regarding the roles, right? The, and uh, the general the general gender expectations in American society and uh, and where we stand right now in 2023. It's a very different era, Nicole, right? This is, uh, you know, uh, you're someone who, uh, again, I'm, I'm not like B-Shap, by the way. I'm not going to flat out, you know, ask, ask you your age, but I do know your age. But the point being is that you're someone who's, who's kind of teetering on the, uh, it's a generational thing too, right? It's a generational type situation. You're someone that's on the edge pretty much of, uh, of Generation X and Millennials, right? As far as your, as far as your age range. I'm solidly in the Generation X range, right? Which is, which is the uh, generation after the baby boomers. Make no mistake about it, right? Back when the baby boomers were, uh, uh, I mean, the baby boomers are obviously still around, but I'm talking about, uh, back when they were in childbearing age, it was a very different, uh, perspective from an American society, from America's society standpoint. There was absolutely an expectation that, uh, you're, that the American dream was what? Two kids, the, the house with a picket white, with a picket white fence, right? The, the, uh, the husband, is able to, is is able to be the breadwinner go out there have a solid career and uh the woman's role was as a homemaker and as the mother of the children as as the one who raised the family that was very much cemented in american culture right back in the 1940s 1930s and 50s uh it obviously started to change a little bit in the 60s and then we get into the 70s 80s 90s and 2000 there was even more change even even with that with generation x with my generation in that uh it, it it really it really was kind of a drastic change. In fact, that where like my gender as a kid, there still was that kind of essence of what the baby boomers' values were as far as that that goes. As far as having the, kind of the the nuclear family, and then moving up into my thirties and forties, it just started to change. You could you could act. It, it was almost like you could see it change, right, Nicole? Like you'd see it in American society. You could see it change, and now. Um, I think there is some credence to that. There, there isn't that uh, it can be detrimental to some people because again, some people, because some people, that's what fulfills them is to have that, that type of structure, right? There's some, there's some mothers out there that want to have that type of family. There's fathers out there that want to have that type of family and have that type of life, right? Where you're, you're actually, uh, 
you're, you're, you're in a traditional type family situation. And then there's others that, that don't necessarily want that. And, and Nicole, newsflash, I happen to be one of those people, right? I happen to be one of those people. Brian Shapiro happens to be one of those people too, as well. Um, where, uh, I've, 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 uh, had opportunities to get married and didn't do it for, for, uh, a number of reasons. Um, and look, there's, I've had many flaws throughout my life when it comes to, uh, a, a lot of relationship type of situations. But, uh, at the end of the day, I have a mentality much like Julia does in that, um, I don't sit back and lament and say, oh my God, if I, cause I don't have any children, right? I'm in my fifties, don't have any children, haven't been married, but it's not necessarily, uh, it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. It just happened to kind of work out that way. Um, cause there was times in my life where I wanted to have that. There was times in my life where I thought, you know, I, I would love to, to have, to have somebody, uh, to, to get married, ha- have a wife, have children, right? Uh, or get married and then maybe get divorced, but still have children. Yeah. There was times in my life where I thought that way. Um, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but the point I'm trying to make is that there's been a real change in kind of the perception of, of, uh, of the um, of American society when from a family standpoint, and I think it's much more free flowing in 2023, if that makes any sense to you, than than it than yeah. it has been in previous generations throughout the years. Totally, like women have been economically dependent upon men for for as long as America has been around. Women have mm-hmm. been forced to be dependent, and if a woman tried to leave a man, she would be economically and financially ruined. So women have stayed in marriages, have stayed in families not because they wanted to, but is their only viable option. And so when people talk about like the concerning divorce rate, I have a very different perspective on divorce before I even got divorced, but especially as someone who's gone through and who's come out on the other side way wealthier is like women finally can make it on their own. Women no longer need a man to be the sole provider because we now do have more opportunities for women. We do have more equality. We're not fully there yet. But even for me, right, I'm the breadwinner for my family. Right. And when I tried to be in that traditional role, the traditional family, we were on food stamps for nine years. Like we were all struggling because we were none of us were in the right position for our for who we really want to be. And so now that women are financially more capable or they've always been capable, financially independent and free to make their own choices, make their own money, you're going to see more single people. You're going to see more divorced families. And not because the family's being ruined, but people are waking up to what is it that I want? What brings me alive? And I and I think that is actually what we need. And this is, a, to me, a reflection that we've come so far in society where women can finally call their own shots, make their own damn decisions. Oops, sorry. Make their own decisions. Yeah, live okay, live life on their terms. And to me, that's a really beautiful thing. Some of the reaction, uh, the text lines on YouTube, Nicole. Uh, in the 80s, you always heard about the quote-unquote latchkey kids. Latchkey kids, uh, you know, had house keys to let themselves in the house and uh, be home alone because parents were, uh, and, and particularly mothers, right? Mothers and both fathers were in the work force so kids were uh more to kind of vend for themselves uh back in the 1970s and in the 80s also once a woman uh another reaction from uh from uh bizman 34 uh one woman began once women began to enter the workforce in large numbers it took a while especially in major industries that uh for men to realize how valuable women are in the workforce that's another aspect of this too right i mean uh back in the back in uh in the in the early 1900s and even before that there was not an appreciation of women and what they could bring to the table when it came to American commerce and American society, and, and especially in the business realm. That has completely flipped, Nicole, right? And now uh, there is a clear 
indication and that uh, that we are well aware of the of the contributions that women make when it comes to the uh, business community. Business community and even at home. So the women who do choose to be stay-at-home mothers, like mm. that is a full-time job worthy of massive compensation. Like that kind of job is around the clock. You don't get to clock out. You don't get to go to another house at the end of the day. You work where you live. You live where you work. It is honestly, for me, the most exhausting job I've ever had. And when I finally was able to go into the workplace and contribute my skills and my passion and my expertise to what I love to do, I started making a crap ton of money. But when I was a stay-at-home mom, there was this idea of like, that isn't as valuable. They both provide value. The, the point is like, we need to let women choose what they want to do. We need to let people choose what they want to do. There's no outsider, no one else who can tell you what you should be doing with your life. It's an it's the uh, the the view right that that women are able to be more assertive right when it comes to our everyday life and by the way that's not just about uh, about the workplace that's not just about your family life at home that also comes into play in dating right Nicole that comes into play when it when it, when it comes to how how Americans feel about igniting. The dating process. And what I'm talking about is this. Women, not afraid now to ask men out on dates, right? Not afraid to be the one that initiates that. Women are not afraid now to uh, to pick up the tab, right? Women are not afraid. Th- th- that Those are certain things, too, also that have changed when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the idea, I guess, Nicole, of women being more assertive across the board. Yeah. It's like when women know what we want, we go for it. I'm one of those women who ask men out. (laughs) I'm one of those women who initiates because I know what I want. If I want, I'm going to go for it. I picked up the tab. And then now I'm in a relationship where we've had that conversation of like, what does the dynamics look here? And this is a beautiful thing. It's like, there is no prescribed role that I or my partner should fulfill. So we check in. Do you want to pick up the tab? Do you want me to pick up the tab? How do you want to split this? When you have two successful, wealthy, powerful individuals coming together, you get to create your own dynamic, your own relationship, and it feels really good. It might look different from everyone else, but that's the whole point. Your your relationship, your dating life is unique to you. Do it the way you want to do it. Another aspect to that clip regarding Julia, who is essentially like millions of other American women out there at her age, right? Where... There also seems to be, when I talk about shifts and changes, there also seems to be kind of a uh, uh, an extension or a uh, delay is, I guess, the word I'll use for for women as far as their goals, right? It seems like uh, instead of what it was back in the 1940s and 50s where women were really starting to make these decisions when they were in their teens, right, or they're 17, 18, 19, as opposed to now they're making these decisions when they're you know, 31, 32, 35, right? It seems like there is a a real shift when it comes to that. But another aspect of this, Nicole, is that people like the Matt Walsh's of the world and others that are critical of this woman, they kind of want to downplay and they want to mock her choices when it comes to what she does in her free time, right? Her leisure time. They want to mock going to concerts or how she spends her time, right? And, and act like it's inconsequential, right? Like it doesn't matter. Like she's just doing, you're just having a frivolous life is all you're doing. You know, you're, you're wasting your life away by, by, you know, consuming media. And by the way, it's rather hilarious because Matt Walsh is a guy that's on, he has a YouTube page, right? Like he, like his, his entire self worth is, is wrapped up in, in what he does in the media, right? 
And I know that you and I are kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of in that realm too. So, we, you know, it's kind of weird for me to talk about this, but he, but he, I'm not someone like him who addresses it in a negative way, right? I'm not the right. one out there criticizing Julia because she's going to concerts or, or, or she goes to whatever social event she goes to. I'm not the one doing it. Matt Walsh is the one doing it. So there is this kind of element to it, right, Nicole, of like trying to down, to downplay what she's doing with her life as if it's, as if it doesn't matter. And uh, and that she's just wasting her life away. Yeah, there's a double standard there. He yeah. can have all the media attention he wants. Mm-hmm. He can build, make viral videos. He can film as much as he wants. But if a woman dare does it, then how dare she? She's selfish. She's shallow. She's egotistical, right? He can create life on his terms, do what he loves to do. Mm-hmm. To do. But when she creates life on her terms and does what she wants to do, she's, again, attacked, accused, shamed, belittled. And so there's a clear double standard there. And Matt's smart. He knows how to make viral videos. Like, it's very effective. But I'm just like... It, when you, all you do is criticize and shame, you bring nothing new to the table. That is the easiest role to play. It is much harder to find something of value to create that brings people together, that effects change, that moves a society forward. It's easy to sit there to nitpick and attack and criticize from your throne, doing the exact same thing she's doing. You just don't approve of her because she's a woman and she's decided what it is that she wants. Nicole Mitchell joining us for a regular segment on Fridays here on Pushing the Limits. I'm Chris Wynn in for... Brian Shapiro. So here's the exact quote, Nicole, from Matt Walsh. Her life doesn't revolve around her family and kids. So instead, it revolves around TV shows and pop stars. Worst of all, she's too stupid to realize how depressing this is. First of all, Matt, all right, you determining what's depressing in other people's lives is laughable, all right? People make their own determinations about what they think is important or what they enjoy or how they want to spend their free time. So that's number one. Number two, all right, you are a YouTube host. You are on visual media every day. I happen to come across, because I'm someone who consumes, I'm on YouTube all the time. I happen to, unfortunately, come across all your horrendous takes a lot. When I, when I jump on YouTube because it's on my algorithm because my buddy, uh, who, who is my housemate happens to, uh, like to engage in a lot of his stuff. So it, it pops up on our algorithm. So I happen to see a lot of this guy's horrendous takes across the board, but it's, it's absolutely ludicrous for someone like Matt Walsh to, 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 to kind of try to clown somebody else because they consume media of any type. It's unbelievable. So I, I mean, again, He's trying to yeah. put her in a box, right, Nicole? He's trying oh, to put this woman in a box in which he, the, he, in what he views is how women should be. And that's why I made the comment back at the top of the segment about how he's someone who's one of the barefoot and pregnant women, uh, type of people in America because of, uh, because of the views he expresses regarding Julie, this 29 year old. You know what I, what I thought when I read his comment about her video is I don't know much about Matt. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I don't follow him. I don't know if he has children, but I I read his comment from the lens of a parent. And I think, dear God, if this man has children or has children someday and they raise up and they see him saying, you're too stupid to know what to do, what I think you should do. You're too stupid to live life in your terms. You're too stupid to choose. What, like I read them like it was such an insult. And I'm like, God forbid one of his kids grows up and becomes whatever they want to be and do whatever they want to do because they have a history of how their dad insults, criticizes, and shames anyone who does anything outside of what he demands. And that makes me sad for his children. Nicole, he is a prime candidate, right, of that dilemma 
that's what I call it. I call it a dilemma for, or for a lot of the conservatives out there and Republicans and super ultra evangelical people that end up having gay people or lesbian people in their family, right? Or they end up having yeah. a family member who happens to be transgender, right? They yeah. don't approach it in the way that you approach it and that I approach it and that Brian Shapiro and Justin Chuck and a lot of PTL Nation out there approach it, in which I approach everything when it comes to the LGBT community, transgenders, etc. I I approach it in a way and uh, in, in a frame of mind of compassion and empathy and inclusion. That's the way I approach it. Period. Full stop. I, I do not look yeah. at it. Now, look, I will I will admit, OK, because I am as someone who's who puts all my cards on the table and I am straightforward. I'll admit I think it's a little strange sometimes uh, how uh, certain people who happen to be transgender, uh, some of their views on the world and how they approach certain situations in, in, in society. I think I and and uh, and 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 some of the things they say, sometimes they get to be a little weird for me. I admit that. Right. I, I don't. I don't think that's being negative or being uh, judgmental in any way, shape, or form. But people like Matt Walsh, no, it is a negative thing. People like Matt Walsh and others, by the way, and others who happen to be friends of mine and who happen to be acquaintances of mine, will go down the road of everybody that is transgender has a mental health disorder. That is the road mm-hmm. they go down. Uh, everybody that is transgender is part of an ideology that is destroying the nuclear family in American society. And they completely disregard the facts of the matter, right, Nicole? The facts that, you know, the transgender community represents less than 1% of, of, of the United States. I mean, it just, it just is. It just, it represents less than 1%. Even the, the LGBT community, right, is not, is not some monstrous thing. But again, it all stems back to the view of people in that, those communities of being, having a negative impact in America. And it's just not true. Yeah, I always tell people, no matter where you fall in the political spectrum, can you be the kind of person where your close family and friends could come out to you? Right. Because mm-hmm. you're right. You're you're gonna you're bound to know someone who's from the LGBTQ community, whether it's your kids, your partner, your boss, your colleagues, your neighbors. Like we are everywhere. You know, I'm part of the queer community, and it's like, are you the kind of person where you're safe for me to come out to? And if you're not, that says something about you and your character. And it's unfortunate because if there's someone close in your life, like a family member, and they know you are not, not only not a safe person to come out to, but you might be violent or you might be angry or you might punish or kick out. Like that makes me sad for you because you're missing out on an amazing relationship with someone in your, your inner, inner circle. And it makes me sad for them because now they have to fear their life, livelihood, their life, if they'll ever have a relationship with you again. And it just doesn't have to be that. Be the kind of person where someone could come out to you. That's all I ask. And you're in someone who's been in this situation because you've talked about it. Look, I, I don't know all the intimate details regarding your family, but you've, you, I, you commented about uh, on this show multiple times and also to, at the top of this, on uh, top of the segment, right? Your family, uh, you having, you know, conflict and strife with your family yeah. because of the choices that you made, right? I mean, you're, you're someone who absolutely has a personal experience with this. And I had to do the dance that a lot of people do um, when you're coming from a min- minority community, whether you're women or you're a person of color or you're an immigrant or you're queer and you like, you do little tests. So I remember before I came out as queer, I asked my, my parents, how would you respond if one of my siblings came out as gay? Right. 
just want to see what the reaction was. And what would you think? Of, and I kept doing these fake scenarios, but they were all me trying to gather the courage to come out to them one day and hope to God they'd still love me and choose me and want me to be part of their family. This is a reality for so many people in these, these communities. And so many of us have to hide our identity because we'll be rejected by our family and by our friends. And that is utter heartbreak. This is who they are. They're not creating harm. We are We tend to be the most loving people because we've expected rejection. We've experienced rejection our whole lives or some form of silencing or shrinking that we don't want anyone else to be silent. We don't want anyone else to shrink. So we tend to be some of the most loving, thoughtful, kind human beings that exist. And yet we're shoved back in the corners and told, don't exist, don't say it, don't admit it, don't be. And that is heartbreaking. It's such an engaging topic, Nicole. Look, we are up against it, man. Next time, next time I'm filling in for Brian Shapiro, right? And uh, if it's a Friday or not, and uh, and we have a chance to ha- have the pleasure of having you on. Got to get you on for the whole two hours because there's just not enough time. Not, 45 minutes, Nicole, is it's not, not enough time for us to dive into some of these topics. But uh, tell us, tell us all how uh, we can we can uh, engage with you when it comes to social media and all things uh, across the board. Yes. Come say hi. I love making new friends. Uh, you can find all my social links at NicoleMitchell.com. My name, Nicole, is spelled with a K, N-I-K-O-L-E. Um, but I'm the most active on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Come see my OnlyFans. Like, all my doors are open. Come say hi. Looking forward, Nicole, to the next time that you're here in Vegas, of course. Uh, have a great weekend down in down in California. And, uh, uh, yes, I will be ne- next time that you're in town, for the, for the, especially for the Sapphire remote, because, yes, uh, as Numchuck knows, I'm not afraid to uh, make a run over to Sapphire on a Friday. And, uh, engage, I'll be there. Engage, engage that majest. We will get a chance to meet face-to-face, okay? <laughs> yes, I'll be there next Friday. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> have a great weekend, Nicole. I appreciate it. You too. Yeah. Bye. That's it. Nicole Mitchell. Right. Uh, life coach, uh, made the transition from pasture to now she's a model, uh, and is a businesswoman extraordinaire. I mean, you want to talk about someone that has a, a, an outlook on life that I love. That's, that's Nicole Mitchell without question. Uh, all of you out there listening, we appreciate it and watching on our YouTube page at PTL Vegas. Uh, also you can find us here, obviously on KSHB AM 1400, 107.1 FM. Thanks to Nicole Mitchell for joining us. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Last couple of days, thanks to Justin Chuck Numchuck for making me look good and sound good here on I'm About Ready to Head Out uh, for the weekend. It's week one in the NFL in earnest on Sunday. All kinds of football action. Uh, the final, too, uh, of both the women's and men's U.S. Open. See if Coco Golf can pull it off tomorrow in the final against Sabalinka and much, much more. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, the T.C. Martin Show coming your way next I'm Chris Wynn in Fort Brian Shapiro. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.